Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and on this show, I interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And if you have ever been curious, how do you start a business from scratch? That's the topic of today's discussion. I have with me today a woman who profiles women who have started their businesses with very little and we're going to talk about how with my guest Holly Hurd. Welcome. Thank you. I love how you say from scratch. Oh well, that's what you are helping people to do and how you inspire other women, isn't it? Yes. Most of the women I interview have literally started their businesses out of thin air. And most of them have no plans to start a business. I mean they've started a business without having a plan. Without, yeah, 95% of the women I interview, I've interviewed over 300 women um, in the course of my blog and book and everything I've done, but most of them don't have a business plan. They don't even have something written on the back of a napkin. They usually fall into it by accident. That's amazing. So tell us, what is the genesis of the blog and um, your website? Well, I sort of fell into it by accident as well. I, um, I love motivational books, and when my kids were young, we had a ski house. I hate sitting in a car. I have to always have something to do. So I would read motivational books, and I said, well, if these people can do it, I can write a motivational book too. So I decided I would write my book, 10 Ways to Find Your Fulfillment, and I came up with my 10 ways, and then I wanted to pepper the book with women who seemed motivated and happy and fulfilled. So those women happened to be women who had started their own businesses. And I started interviewing them. I loved hearing their story, how they came up with their name, how they fell into their business. And this was 10 years ago. If you wanted to get a book published, you needed a platform, you needed a following. Um, and I had none of those things. But blogging was coming into vogue, and so I could start a blog. So I thought about what were these women. Many of them were moms, and they had business ventures. They were venture moms. So I called them venture moms, and I started a blog. And um, that was how, you know, and then it was so great because it was free. And you could do it all from your home and online, and you didn't need a publisher to get a book published. You just went out there and started sharing your content. Mm -hmm. So your blog and website is called Venture Mom, mm -hmm. and what is, what is it now? What is that space? So Venture Mom has evolved. It started out just as a blog, and for about the first five years, um, I did a story a week. And I will tell you, when I thought about it, I said, oh, I'll do one a month. That'll be how many I can find or do. And, you know, I was scared to death because I thought, what would people think? Who's going to read it? You know, what, what, how, who wants to hear about other women having their own business and how they got started? So it took me about two weeks to hit the send button on the first one. The feedback was overwhelming. Um, you know, everyone called or emailed me or, you know, said, stopped me in the grocery store and said, oh my God, Holly, my neighbor, my cousin, my sister, my, my friend, they all have their own businesses and you should talk to them and profile them. I said, okay, I might have something here. And um, 
so I, that's what I started doing, one a week. And so for about the first five years, it was profiling women and simply sharing their stories because, you know, I don't find, I've always been an entrepreneur all my life. I come from finance. I never worked for anyone else. I traded my own account. I ran a couple of businesses around managed futures. And so I found entrepreneurship really easy. And I wanted to share that ease with other people. And I felt like the way that other people could learn how to become an entrepreneur was by reading how people had done it. Mm. So if I wrote about the woman in Boston who started a manners class for her kids. The woman in Iowa would read the story and say, well, we don't have a manners class here. I could start that business and make extra money and also really enjoy it. Um, but then um, about a, you know, what, what happened was, and then I wrote a book, because then I found that my followers were now turning from enjoying the stories to they had businesses and they needed help. So I started writing help articles, how to name your business, how to brand your business, um, how to tell the world your business, you know, and, and social media was coming in, so how to use social media to, to grow your business. But then something really interesting happened, and that's kind of where I am. I'm sort of giving you the whole 10-year span. So I would write about a woman, let's say I was writing about the woman who um, is a jewelry designer and makes these bracelets and necklaces, and I would say, you know, she started the business and now she makes these beautiful necklaces and aren't they cool and I love them. And then I get all the emails, well, how do I find them? Where do I find them? I know her name and you said it, but I can't find her website or I don't know where she sells. So a light bulb went off in my brain that said, I should sell the items of the venture moms that I'm profiling. So that's, that's my latest venture. So it's like a portal now, like an Etsy. Like an Etsy. It is, it is, but I'm the curator mm -hmm. and I do it all for my venture moms. So in 48 hours from setup to sale, we do it all in our team. And if you came to me and wanted to sell this cup, I could have you up within 48 hours and you could send your page within my site to all of your followers and they could buy the cup. I have checkout, I have secure, I have um, Venmo, PayPal, or just a credit card. So then what, what I'm hearing is that people don't have to figure it out themselves, make it all on their, they don't need to have an e-commerce site on their own website. No, they don't. They can have their own website but have the buy button go to you and then it's all well, I'm another form of distribution. Okay. And what I found, so in the course of the 10 years, I know my vendors very well. And technology keeps changing. And it's also very expensive now to, to buy um, boosted ads, which is kind of what you need to do to grow your business. So I'm co-oping the marketing for all of these vendors, and I'm also keeping up on the technology. Oh my gosh, so then you also help them with, uh, with the marketing. Yes, oh, yes, I fantastic. do the marketing for them. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. So how do you build a business around something that you're passionate about? <laughs> so, I, I, my philosophy is it's really simple. First of all, it has to be something that you really love and that you're good at. So I always ask people, I have this thing, I'm sort of a venture detective, and it can be really annoying at cocktail parties 
if you're telling me about something you love to do and my brain is saying, oh my God, you should start a business and all you have to do is this, 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 and this. That may not be where you want to go, but if you do want to start a business, I call it Venture Hour, and I give you a questionnaire. And one of the things in the questionnaire, I'm asking what you love to do. Or if you had a day and the laundry's done, the dog's fed, the kids are okay, whatever, you know, and you've got that day to do whatever you want to do, do you find yourself at the gym? Do you find yourself at an antique store? Do you find yourself at a fashion boutique? Do you find yourself um, wanting to hang out with young children? So that tells me, you know, if, if you don't like dogs, you're not going to be a dog walker. If you don't like to hang out with children, you're not going to start an art class for children. If you're not crafty or enjoy making things, you're not going to um, make things or import things. Or if you don't like fashion, you're not going to you know, be a fashion stylist. So you've got to do something that you love. Also, I ask, what do people envy about you? So, you know, you may make a great garlic chicken that you can, you know, freeze and heat up or make that day or wonderful kale salad and you love to shop for it and prepare it and serve your family. I, on the other hand, I don't like to do that. I like to pick it up, heat it, and serve my family and enjoy it, but cooking is not my thing. But if it's your thing, there's a way to build a business around that. So how do you start? I think by reading what other people have done and then by figuring a simple business plan. What, uh, is, what is a simple business okay, plan? Okay, so I don't like a business plan. I like to say a business model. Mm -hmm. So you say, I'm going to make garlic chicken, uh, meatloaf. I'm going to make five things. I'm going to put it on a website. I'm going to charge X amount, and you can pick it up from my store. That's my business model. It cost me this to make it. Um, it cost me $5 to make it. I'm going to charge $10, and you can pick it up every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can freeze it or cook it that night. There's a business model if you love to cook. And they could pick it up from your house. I've actually profiled people that do that. Um, I also profiled one woman. She calls herself the cooking fairy. So you order at the beginning of the week. And let's say you're a working mother and you don't get home until 5.30 or 6. Or you're running your kids around to all of their activities and you don't get home to 5.30 or 6. Or you're still running at 8 o'clock, but some kids are home and need food. The cooking fairy will leave something in your refrigerator that all you have to do is heat up or you know maybe the salad is served or you heat up the garlic chicken and the green beans and there is dinner. Like a fairy has delivered it to your, <laughs> How to your refrigerator. How fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. So that's a business. Yeah. Yeah. So how does someone kind of like org organize themselves so that they can well make good on make good idea? on I don't give you a lot of time. You got it. Because we as women, so we could spend weeks and months saying, well, I need the perfect name. That's not right. I need the perfect orange. This one's too ochre. That one's too bright. No, no. I give you, so in my book, I have three sections. Figure out what you want to do, get a little bit organized, not perfect, and then tell the world. So once you've figured out what you want to do, 
Um, and I only give you three weeks to do that. I go through, you know, what do you love to do? What do you envy? Okay, who do you like to be with? If you like to be with your computer, you need to build something around being with your computer. If you, you know, so then by the third week, you've got to pick something. You just have to pick something and move forward. And fourth week is you got to name it. And even if it's Susie Smith cooking, that's fine. But you have to move on because you could spend months trying to come up with your name. The fifth week is branding. And it could be as simple as pick two colors and pick a font. Susie Smith cooking, right? You do orange and red or whatever you want to do. And then, so I only give you 12 weeks in my book because I think we, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to put it out there. So by the 12th week, you're getting your paycheck. Wow. That's amazing. And do people follow that? And they Yes. And it works? Listen, you can start a six-figure business with one email, in today, especially a service business. So in today's um, technology, the technology we have today, let's say I wanted to do flower arranging, and I'm really good at it, and people have complimented me on it. I'm not. I don't know how to do that at all, but let's say I am. Um, so I could say, I'm going to call it Holly Heard Flower Arranging. And I pick a color, I pick a font, and then I send an email to all of my friends and family. And I say, I have started a business. I will do flower arranging for your dinner parties. I'm not going to do weddings because I'm not that experienced yet, but I'll do dinner parties. I'll pick from your garden. I will provide your weekly flowers. Here's what I charge. And send me an email and please tell the world. I just started a business in 15 minutes, right? I mean, you want to get a little more organized than that, but it doesn't take a lot with a service, service business. And maybe I made one of these necklaces or made one belt, and people complimented me on it. I said, well, I can do more of those, and I have an artisan who can do them, or I know where I bought them, and I can resell them. I'm going to call it Belts by Holly and tell the world using my technology and the followers I have. Everybody has a group of followers, right? Do they? Yes. Where, where are people's followers? On Facebook, all your friends and family that you email. I mean, come on. I actually, the average woman has about 171 followers. I have that stat. So use them. Use them. So I have these five commonalities. Um, of women that I've interviewed who start businesses. The first one is they do something around something they really love or are passionate. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to keep doing it. And also, you're not going to succeed because people will see your passion and how you arrange the flowers or how you make that meal um, or how you present your belt or your necklace. I mean, you, these, you know, my motto is your business is your baby. When you put yourself as a service or your product out into the world, it's like you're putting your baby out there. And people will sense that from you. So you need to be extremely passionate about what you're doing in order to succeed. That's the first commonality. The second commonality is friends and family. So I'll give you an example. A woman, her son would not sleep through the night right? So he was having nightmares, and he'd come in and wake up the, the uh, other kids or the parents. And so the mom had an idea. She said, and, and the little boy's name was Tucker. So she sewed Tucker a pillow with a pocket on it. 
and she said, Tucker, we're going to write your dreams, the dreams that you want to have, on a piece of paper, and we're going to tuck them into the pocket on the pillow, and then you're going to sleep with the pillow, and you're going to have those dreams. So she called the pillow, Tuck a Dream. His name was Tucker. Tuck, you're tucking the dream into the pocket. Mm -hmm. So she's at the bus stop with her friends, telling her friends how the Tuck a Dream pillow has now helped her son sleep through the night. They're like, oh my God, this is such a great idea. I want it for my children and my sister-in-law is having trouble and my cousin and my friend in Alabama, her son won't sleep. I wonder if this will help them. So this woman says, well, I might have a business here. Well, another friend had a husband who was in the soft goods manufacturing. So when you tell everyone what you're doing, somebody's got a connection. So friends and family. So she ended up making the pillow, selling them at craft fairs. And then, I, I love this part of the story, and this happens so often with the women that I interview. A hospital got wind of it. So they bought the Tuck a Dream pillow for sick children to write down their health wishes. Mm. I want to be healthy. I want to be cured. I want to get well. Mm. And, you know, things that they wanted to do with their lives and tuck it in the, and sleep on it in the hospital. Doesn't that make you, like, yes. chills? Yeah. So it was her friends and family, by sharing that idea with her friends and family, there's always someone who knows someone who can help you. Mm -hmm. And they want to help you. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to help a woman, help someone with a new business. Mm -hmm. So friends and family is the second commonality. The third commonality we covered. They don't have a business plan. This woman didn't have a business plan. She just started making these pillows and said, well, people, my friends are buying them. I'm going to go to the craft fair. Tuck a dream. I don't know. My neighbor drew a little logo that happens so often. And then she got picked up by a hospital. Um, so, oh, and then the fourth thing is um, no startup capital. 95% of my women are self-funded or um, they don't need any money. You could start the flower arranging business with an email, that's free. You could do your logo online for free. Logos are free. I mean, there are a bunch of free services online. Um, and I cover all of those in my book because I'm all about do it on a dime. Mm -hmm. Don't spend any money. One woman, I'll give another example. So this woman had just had a new baby. The baby was sick. She had called the pediatrician. She was waiting on a call back. So she's strolling her baby in the park and the phone rings and it's her pediatrician. So she's digging through her bag to find the phone. By the time she finds it, the doctor's hung up or left a message. She calls back while he's in with the patient. So she goes home, she says to her husband, I wish there were something that would hold my phone on the stroller handle so it's right there. I could play music for the baby. I could maybe do an exercise video and work out or play music for myself or whatever. Husband said, well, if that doesn't exist, you should create that. And this one was a lawyer. She had a full-time job, but a friend had an uncle who was in the plastics business. So she created a prototype. She didn't go order a bunch of, you know, products. She created one prototype and pre-sold it to baby stores. Um, it's called a text hook. 
and she got her orders before she ever placed that massive order. So she pre-sold it, so she didn't have to spend a lot. That's my do it on a dime theory. Get your product pre-sold before you get out there. That that's really awesome. So it's called Venture Mom. Mm -hmm. Is everybody a mom? No, you don't have to be a mom. You know, when I started out, a lot of the women in my world were moms. But um, what I've learned about these women is their business is their baby, which is why it's my tagline. They feel um, like they've launched something into the world. So, and, and you know, I'm profiling younger and younger women are starting businesses. I just profiled a woman who's 23 and she was working in the city and she wanted to take her lunch to work because it's cheaper, it's easier, she doesn't have to leave her desk, it's healthier, she wanted, you know, she wanted something to eat. So she went online and Googled lunch boxes for women. Nothing. She found kids' lunch boxes and she found men's lunch boxes and she found some student L.L. Bean lunch boxes. But there was nothing that was kind of chic and cool for a working woman to carry her lunch in. So what did she do? She created, it's called um, Modern Picnic, and it's a chic bag, which you can, it's got a shoulder strap, and you open it up and it's insulated and lined. So you can carry your lunch in it, and it's very good looking, it's got a little handle, and she's in business, and she's 23. So, no, you don't have to be a mom. Your business is your baby. That's awesome. I just love all these stories. I do too. Yeah. I feel like these venture moms are my babies. Uh-huh. It's so wonderful. So, you know that I work with speakers and people who want to get comfortable putting themselves out there. Is is speaking something that you do or making your own videos something that you do in your business or that you encourage these moms to do for a part of their marketing? You know, absolutely. For me, it's a huge part of what I'm doing. I want to be the Pied Piper for every woman out there who wants to start a business. You know, a little bit of my mission, you know, I want to empower women. So if I can be their voice or be the leader or the teacher of how easy it is to start a business, to earn extra income and find economic freedom, that's what I want to do. So it's really important for me to speak. I do have a YouTube channel. I do speak at libraries. I do put on panel presentations where I gather groups of venture moms and interview them about how they started and their product and some of their trials and tribulations. So for me, yes, it is a big part of my business. For my women, um, in some cases, yes. And podcasts, as you know, are getting more and more play and people want to listen to people online and they want to hear them talk. They want to know their story. They want to hear their voice. Mm -hmm. So I think it's getting more and more important. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Well, one of the things I love to do is ask my guests to pick a card. Oh, my. And, and however you feel like it relates to your business or your philosophy. Wow. Okay. So this is gratitude. Um, I think thanks goes so far in any business, in anything you do in life. And I think, you know, the world needs kindness. Um, so, and, and as people are helping you to say thank you or to say, you know, I know the modern picnic gal, she had a friend who put her in touch with someone. So maybe she sends, 
that guy's uh, you know wife one of her lunch boxes as thank you so much and maybe he didn't do much right maybe he just gave her a number or did an email introduction but you know when you say thank you and you're grateful that someone has helped you it means so much to them and people mm. are proud of the help that they give and that guy's probably looking at that woman's business and saying I helped her and look where she is now so to get a thank you from her I just think is so important to to have gratitude for all the people that help you as you go through life and I would imagine that having that perspective and attitude goes a long way in drawing more support around yourself well it draws more support it also I just think it connects you with people. I mm -hmm. think we're, we're so online and in our phones now that, you know, I, I always try and find a reason to connect. And people do want to hear from you. People, you know, kids, you know, I have, I have kids and I'm like, well, I don't want to reach out again. I, you know, they didn't get back to me. I'm like, you know, maybe they're busy. Maybe they lost your, it could be anything, you know. You'll know if someone doesn't want to hear from you, but most people do. And certainly if you're saying thank you, they do want to hear from you. Yes, yes. I recently reached out to somebody who is a well-known figure in her industry. And at one point, maybe a year ago, she said, if I can help you out in any way, let me know. And so I sent her an email telling her an update of what I was doing and uh, asked her about if she had any ideas for me in a certain area. I wanted to get into a business magazine. And she was so happy to hear from me. But she didn't get back to me for a week. So during that week, I could have had any kind of inner dialogues about yes. what that meant. Yes. But it's so important not to assume anything. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. And, and, and trust that people will set their boundaries as they need to, and they will get to it in their own time. Or, as you said, maybe it got missed. Maybe it did get missed. And, you know, people are busy and... and it's okay to reach back out and mm -hmm. say, hey, I don't know if you got my email. If you're busy, I totally understand. But mm -hmm. if you could help me with this, thank you so much for your time. Right. It's all in the delivery. Yes, it is. Well, it sounds like you are a master communicator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. What do you see as this point in time for women? Hmm. So I grew up in the South. And my father was a um, commodities trader, and I wanted to go into his business. Not once did he ever make me feel that by being a woman, I would be at a detriment or have a problem. Um, I always worked for myself. I never felt that. Um, and I think now, hearing about it, hearing the stats. You know, I'm so grateful that my father never, you know, gave me that feeling, but it's there, it's out there. And I think, you know, Venture Mom for me is my opportunity to empower other women. And we as women, if we have economic freedom, we have freedom. So my mission, my whole mission with Venture Mom is to empower women through entrepreneurship. So if you're the boss, you're the boss. You don't have to answer to anyone. So many of the women I interview, they hire other women 
and a lot of them are moms. So the maternity um, rules or workforce, um, how you time off and everything, they get to make them. I interviewed a woman recently. She said, I'm the boss now of five women. And she goes, I have implemented maternity rules that I wish I had when I worked for a corporation. That's fantastic. And that is really good news for women to yes. hear that they can design the lives that they dream about. How can people get a hold of you? Oh, VentureMom.com. I'm all over VentureMom.com or info at VentureMom.com. And my, can you hold up your book? Yes, for my book is on Amazon. It's From Idea to Income in Just 12 Weeks. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was super inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have learned so much, and I can't wait to get on the site and check out the profiles of all these women who have started their companies from scratch. And if you have a place where you are trying to get yourself out there more, you're speaking perhaps, and you're feeling a little hesitant or sense of dread, I don't want you to feel that way. Go onto my website to get a guided visualization for speaking confidence. You can get it at lindayugalow.com forward slash speaking confidence. And please be sure to tune in to our next episode of Women Inspired. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.